Let's Go State, the official podcast of Penn State Athletics. Now, from Happy Valley, here's your host, Brian Tripp. Hello again, Brian Tripp, your host of Let's Go State, the official podcast of Penn State Athletics. And this month, February, we are celebrating National Women in Sport Month. And what a great guest, just an awesome guest on this week's episode, Sarah Brown, the head coach of the Penn State women's gymnastics team. She's in her fifth year with the program. I love her energy. I love the culture she has with her program. And she is doing an unbelievable job with her team again this year. We get into her philosophy, why she got into coaching, and how she interacts with her team, the leadership on her team this year. Just so many topics. And we also discuss the important role that women have as examples here at Penn State in leadership positions and positions of power within the athletic department. You're going to love this episode. Sarah Brown, the head coach of the Penn State women's gymnastics team here on Let's Go State, the official podcast of Penn State Athletics. Coach, great to see you again. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. You know, one of the first things when I was preparing to do this interview that struck me is, I can't believe five years at Penn State already. It's gone by so fast. It's so crazy to think uh, that it's been five years. And I think the pandemic um, has kind of blurred everybody's Mm -hmm. sense of time. Um, So in some ways, I feel like it's flown by and I still feel new. And then sometimes I feel like I've been here forever um, and we've settled into a nice home and, and into a nice rhythm. And I'm so grateful for the opportunity. What have you learned about yourself over your first four years as a head coach here at Penn State? I've learned a ton. I think um, personally, I've grown a ton. And as a head coach, I've grown obviously as well. When I moved here, I didn't own a house. I didn't have any children. Um, it's been you know pretty widely publicized. I've had two kids in four years. Um, my husband and I bought our first home and, um, and we're kind of settling in. So I think what I'm learning is Um, Number one, I'm capable maybe of more than what I originally thought. Um, I think I've also learned that this job is really hard um, and it's really nice to be supported by such a great department and around such wonderful people um, because we need our people and we need Mm -hmm. our village. And when you have kids, you really need a village. Um, And so it takes a lot of people to kind of make my world and our life go round. Um, But I've also learned that this is exactly where I want to be and this is exactly what I want to do. I love the position that I'm in. I love the team that I get to work with and, and I I genuinely feel blessed and honored to be a part of Penn State Athletics. You said that this is what you want to do. When did you know you wanted to get into coaching or was it just, hey, I was a great gymnast at Missouri and All-American and it was just the natural path? No, I love this question. Um, I've thought a lot about this and it's so funny to think how naive I was. Um, I remember being a junior in college when I first thought that it looked pretty fun to get really great apparel and travel every weekend and (laughs) eat well on the road and coach a gymnastics team, like coach the sport I love loved. Um, and wow, was I wrong? <laughs> I mean, I was right in the sense of I do get to do all those things. But um, I think here at Penn State, I really do have the pleasure of feeling like both head coach and also maybe a little bit of CEO. You know, mm-hmm. I kind of get to run the program and I get to oversee every aspect of the program. And as I put my roots down um, and get to know people here at Penn State, I feel much more confident trusting each branch to do the work. And, and obviously my, my hand is still in every piece of the program, but um, we have such great people supporting us that I feel like I can hand it off to the experts. Um, you know, coaching has evolved a lot and, and I, I could talk for hours on how the sport has changed or how women have changed or, um, the mental health component in Mm -hmm. all of this, um, that we're all navigating. And so 
I knew I wanted to coach when I was in college. I, I think it was kind of a natural trajectory for me to stay involved with the sport just because I loved it so much. Um, but I had no idea then what I know now. Um, and it's very different than what I would have pictured. How long did it take you to develop the trust to trust as a head coach? You want everything to go exactly how you envision it. How long did it take you to get that trust to trust your assistant coaches or other staff members that, hey, they can handle this. I can delegate the responsibilities to them. That's an ever evolving thing, right? Mm -hmm. I think I'm still doing it. Um, it. It took some time. I think you have to prioritize what's most important to you. Yeah. Um, when I first got to Penn State, I knew that culture was number one. Mm -hmm. So that was not something I was delegating. That was something I was really zoning in on myself, brought in our sport performance team, worked with Dr. Olson and Adriana right away um, and made sure that we had that foundation set. And then from there, I think you start to realize, okay, this piece is going well. We have a handle on that. Where do we want to jump into next? I had really big goals and aspirations for attendance and marketing and what we could do for the experience at Penn State Gymnastics right before the pandemic hit, right? <laughs> and then, you know, then it's no fans and, and what you kind of had planned kind of went out the window for a little bit because it had to, mm -hmm. right? Because the priorities had to change and, and we shifted to protecting each other, both physically and mentally. Um, and, and for me, the mindset shifted to gratefulness. I mean, I remind the girls every single meet that, we get to do this. Yeah. And there was a period of time when we didn't. Um, I stumbled upon a post the other day. I, I posted that I had spent more than 158 days away from my team. Wow. That is a long time. And mm -hmm. so I get emotional thinking about that when we get to compete and things are not perfect. I remember a time when we weren't sure that was going to happen. So as far as the trust goes, I think, you know, we start to do life together and, yeah. and you do life with people for longer, you trust them with more and your ideas grow and um, things continue to develop. And so it's something that um, we're still working on. It's ever evolving. There's a question I want to follow up on that. But first, I think we have to identify the, the big elephant in the room is COVID is still present. But now this year, you are back in front of fans and around the team almost 24 seven now. Mm -hmm. there, there are certainly yeah. some precautions you have to take, but how much better has it been this year oh. just to be back around them? Because there's so many things that you couldn't do last year, especially when culture is one of your priority things. That's really hard to do when you're not together. Yeah, a hundred percent. You know, I think a lot about our classes. So I think, um, I think about how well I know our juniors, seniors, and fifth years there. I've just been around them so much. Last year, um, the athletes who were freshmen who are now sophomores, mm -hmm. I really just didn't get that same bonding experience with them. Um, I felt like in the gym, things were a little bit rushed because we were just trying to focus on training. We weren't eating together. We weren't having, we weren't sharing life together. We were simply coach athlete. And we checked in and we had to, you know, text message threads and, and we did our individual meetings, masked and distant and everything that we could do, but I just didn't have that same bond. And so this year we have seven freshmen and a transfer. So we have eight new athletes on the team. And I already feel like my relationship with them has come together much more quickly than last year's freshmen. Um, and I feel grateful that I've had the opportunity to get to know our freshmen and sophomores so much better this year. Um, I try not to use the word normal too much, but this is what a team is supposed to feel like. This mm -hmm. is supposed to be a part of your college experience, getting to know your coach, eating on the road, watching the girls interact with each other in the airport or on a bus. And those are the things that you remember, right? Much more yep. than the gymnastics. And you go through the good and the bad together Absolutely. because that's a big part of it. How, yeah, we want to have those great experiences, but teams can become closer when they have 
a little bit of adversity too. Right, right. We were talking, you know, before we got on, you know, what if your bus breaks down or your flight's delayed? You know, this year we had a flight just canceled, like just up and canceled. We have no way to get there. Um, And that's when you, you get to know your team, but you also get to see how resilient they are. I mean, they, they don't even bat an eye. Like they look to me and I'm like, Hey, we're going to sit tight for a couple hours. And they're like, all right. And they sit down and they pull their workout and they keep moving and something funny happens or somebody makes a TikTok and and then conversation (laughs) continues. So the thing I wanted to go back to is you talk about people there and several of your early answers. And I've always felt like I graduated from Penn State in 2011 and I've loved the place and have been here since. I think it's the people though that are what makes Penn State special, that there's such a vibe and an energy, whether it's the students walking on campus or even the people in the community. I just feel like it's the people that make this place special. You're 100% right. You know, I'm not a Penn Stater. I came here from the outside, Mm -hmm. but I think everybody wrapped their arms around me immediately. Um, I felt like I was a part of the family as soon as I got here, and I feel like I've been continuing to... um, root my family in the people, right? So Mm -hmm. now my kids have their people and my husband has his people and and we all kind of get to be in this life together. Um, It really is a special place. And and I think when you hear about people who have always been at Penn State or who have been here for so long, just the pride they have in in what Penn State has to offer and what it meant for them to be a student or an athlete um, here at Penn State is just, it's incredible and it's unlike anything I've ever experienced. How important is it then for you to share that with your student athletes to know how important this place is to so many and for them to appreciate and respect the history, the sense of community, everything that they represent with that logo, whether it's on match day and it's on a leotard or it's on a backpack traveling through the airport, that Penn State logo. And that happens, right? You walk through the airport and somebody yells, we are, that happens all the time. It's so important to me um, that our athletes know that they committed to Penn State to be a great student first. It's so important to me that they feel a sense of pride for their community and for their institution because I can't guarantee gymnastics is going to be the the roses and rainbows that you want it to be. Mm -hmm. I can't guarantee you're going to make a lineup spot or be a national champion. None of those things are guaranteed. What I hope at the end of the day, whether you make a lineup or you don't, or you're the best athlete we've ever had or or not, I hope that you chose Penn State for all the right reasons. And I hope that you're proud of the degree that you get from here because it means something in this world and and it's so prestigious. I hope it connects them with a sense of community and and kind of a sisterhood and a friendship that they'll have forever. Um, And I hope that they do feel that pride. I think that's why I encourage them to go to the football games. I want them to dance at Thon. I want them to know everything that Penn State has to offer because it's so much bigger than just gymnastics. And And I'm not an expert because I, I didn't go here. I haven't been here for decades. So if somebody, an alum or a friend of the program, wants to come and talk with our team about what was special to them about Penn State or, or one of our alum hosts a meal on the road when we go visit their hometown mm-hmm. – that's special to me. Um, and, and that is huge for our athletes to um, to really love what they do at Penn State and why they're here. Well, I see that with your team because whether it was just Pink Zone recently, Thon coming up, it, they always seem to be very active, ingratiating themselves into the community. I know they're great in the classroom. Like It seems like culture is so much more than just, yeah, you want to have great chemistry in that locker room and girls who have internal competition and push each other to get better and are positive around each other. But there's more to a culture than just what happens here in the white building. It's what happens around your program 24-7. Yeah, I mean, 100%. Again, I think if you're fully immersed in everything that we have to offer here, then you can walk away knowing that you gave it everything and Mm -hmm. then the school gave you everything back. Um, We missed out on that, I think, during the pandemic. There wasn't a lot of opportunity for community service. And I think we need to remember, um, you know, how grateful we actually are um, and how how special it is that we get to do this. I think 
sometimes, and especially in gymnastics, you know, we get to this point where we're so caught up in staying on the balance beam or competing at the highest level mm -hmm. that we forget that not everybody can do what we do um, and not everybody gets this chance. And there's millions of people out there that wish that they could do this or have this opportunity. So if I can get the girls in front of either a less fortunate um, group of people or dancing at Thon for children, you know, battling with pediatric cancer, I just, I think that there's just this immense feeling of pride. Um, and I think that that kind of humbles them. Mm -hmm. And then when they come into the gym, they have a little more, a little bit more of that grateful heart, a little bit more of that I get to mentality, and that helps a ton. What's the most rewarding part of coaching for you? My, That's a loaded question. I know there's a lot there. There's so many things. Um, so. Most rewarding part is probably everybody says the relationships. It's mm -hmm. not just knowing people. It's watching athletes transform in front of your face. Yeah. I mean, it's literally watching my fifth year seniors who Alyssa Bonzel could not even speak up in front of the team her freshman year without getting so nervous and her face turning bright red and, and you know, she being just like so timid. Mm -hmm. And here she is as a fifth year senior and she's not only leading physically, but she's leading vocally on the team. That is a transformation that somebody who came in from the outside would never know. They would never know that Alyssa was not a natural born vocal leader. Um, and, and so for me, that's the change that I start to see, you know, not that you don't want them all to say like you were right coach. Right. But yeah. like every once in a while they have that moment where they're like, okay, I get it. And they kind of give in and they let their ego down a little bit and they fully immerse themselves in what you're doing and buy into the program. Mm -hmm. That's the most rewarding part, I think, because then we let them go into the real world. And that's the real scary place, right? Like they leave this this bubble of college athletics at 22 or 23 years old. And we hope that we've equipped them to be strong women in the workforce and that they're capable, not just intellectually, but socially to to live a thriving life um, and build the family that they want to build mm -hmm. and feel like they always have a sense of community here at Penn State, but that they're ready to kind of spread their wings and go do their own <laughs> thing out in the real world. Speaking of, how do you feel like, how do you want to be a mentor to them to show that you can be a woman and have a family and be highly accomplished in a profession? It, it means the world to me. I feel very strongly about it. And the girls know this. I big time feminist, big time activist. I want to make sure that their voice is heard. Mm -hmm. I tell them all the time that, you know, we don't get to complain about our situation if we don't have a seat at the table. And so we have to demand a seat at the table. We have to make sure that, um, that women are getting the support that they need to be able to have children and have a family if that's the life they yeah. choose. Right. And then also be super dominant in the workforce. I think I have to, I take a sense of responsibility in preparing them for what the world might say, right? Mm -hmm. What's the backlash if you're a strong woman? What words or adjectives will people use about you? How do you handle that? How do you reframe that? And how do you walk into a room and be both powerful and empathetic? Um, and I'm raising boys. So that puts me in a really interesting position because my boys are going <laughs> to... They're in for it. <laughs> I love them dearly, but they're in for it, man. They're going to they're gonna respect women 100%. Um, but they're going to, they're going to be mindful enough to make sure that the woman in the room is heard. Um, and, and then I hope that I'm raising women that know their voice deserves to be there. Um, this team has seen me through it all. They, you know, they, they met me when I was first pregnant, they watched me go through the birth of Isaiah. And then I was pregnant again with Elijah and then the pandemic happened mm -hmm. and he was born eight days after the pandemic started after the world shut down on March 12th, he was born on March 20th. So he, as he approaches his second year here, I look back and think about all that we've gone through in the pandemic and, and the fact that he's going to be two next month. They've watched me balance it all. I think sometimes I balance it very well. I think sometimes I don't. And I think they've watched me admit when I have dropped the ball and said, hey, I, I forgot or I didn't do that well. 
And I think that's okay too. Like yeah. We're allowed to say, hey, I'm a human being and and I don't have this rule book or this playbook for coaching life um, that gives me the answers, but I'm going to come to you with an open and genuine heart and I'm going to ask that you guide me along the way and be patient with me and, and I promise you that I will be in your corner and I will continue to advocate for you no matter what. I feel like when someone's honest and open, that's how you gain respect and trust. Do you feel like, that, is that a principle that you make sure you stand by when you're sharing it with your team? Our very first principle as a team this year is honesty. The second one is accountability. And then we have communication and kindness mm -hmm. that spells hack. You go H-A-C-K and that's our hack to life and, and into doing well on this team. If you're honest, if you're accountable, if you communicate well and you show kindness to people around you, we're going to get along just fine. I try to show them that you can admit mistakes and you can admit flaw and the world does not stop. Yeah. Um, things do not come crumbling <laughs> down when you make a mistake. You admit that you made the mistake and you move on. And I think um, if I can model that for them hopefully that they will be able to admit when they have made mistakes and then get better from it and when you're 18 to 22 years old you're going to make mistakes oh my gosh not <laughs> according to them right yeah. I love them dearly but um, I think that's a big thing um, it, you're gonna make mistakes and that's why I talk about athletics a little bit like a bubble right yeah. they're they're gonna live in this bubble and we're gonna give them a little bit of freedom mm -hmm. but we're also going to put the net underneath them so we can catch them when they fall and then we're going to continue to work and con continue to communicate um, and we're gonna get better and now we know for next time. And I say that probably once a week. Now we know for next time. And then we move to the next time and it doesn't happen again. It'll mm -hmm. happen with someone else, but it won't happen with that same kid mm -hmm. again. And then hopefully we can keep moving from there. The one thing that I've always been impressed with, whether it's from talking to you or talking to other student athletes that you've had work with you in the past is that they always say, well, coach Brown, she's so positive. She's so positive. There's still a balance there. You can be firm. You can be tough. You can be critical, but how important is it for you to make sure you're still positive in those instances too? Yeah, it's, it's huge. It's two things. I think number one, I tell everybody, I don't wake up with this amount of energy by choice. Yep. I, I am genuinely, I, I really do. I'm very blessed and I love my life. And it's very easy for me to wake up. I'm very fortunate that it's easy for me to wake up and love what I do. Um, the positiveness and the positive energy, I think, comes from my family. My parents were like this as well. Um, my dad was a coach his entire life, and, and he always said, you know, you can be tough on your kids, but you have to make sure they know you love them. Mm -hmm. And he would always, his example was, you know, you're hard on them in the gym, and as they walk out the door, you put your arm around them, and you say, hey, care about you a lot. You're a really great kid. We got to get better on this one thing I'm coaching you on, um, but I'll see you tomorrow. You know, and make sure they know, because I think, Kids, they feel that from their coaches. And when you say like, hey, I'm looking forward to seeing you tomorrow, that seems like a silly thing, but I think it matters to them. And I think that they know that I'm going to show up every day and give it everything I've got. And if that's my expectation for them, then I have to model that behavior. You know, when things get tough on the road and in the middle of season, we've had a couple of rough weeks here. These last few haven't mm -hmm. been perfect. And I've admitted, hey, you guys today, energy and positivity was a choice. It was not something that came easy for me. So I'm going to model for you that this doesn't always happen. And I'm going to make the choice today to put my best foot forward. And I think they respect that too. And they can see that it's not fake. Like it is, it is the most genuine energy and, and love for them that I could ever express. I treat them really like they are my own. When you're going through tough times during a season, and it may just depend on that year's team and the character makeup of that year's team because every year takes on its own personality. There's no doubt about that. You already talked about Alyssa, Lauren, Melissa, Courtney. You have such a veteran, a great leadership group this year. How much are you stepping in and saying something or how much do you just turn it over to them? 
It's theirs. It really is. I mean, this, like you said, is year five with them. I don't know a team at Penn State without Alyssa, Lauren, or Courtney on it. Yeah. And I barely remember a year without Donna, Dami, and Nell. Yep. So those six seniors are huge for me. Um, I think I, I was a bit more mindful bringing in eight freshmen. Mm -hmm. I knew with eight new faces that I was going to need to communicate very clearly and really lay out our expectations because a big class like that could get out of control pretty quickly with a lot of different personalities. Having said that, I think that we did a nice job laying the foundation early on in August and September for what our expectations were, and then we turned it over to the upperclassmen, and I think I check in regularly with the upperclassmen, and I, I don't have to say a lot, but I can just say, hey, are, are we good there, you know, mm -hmm. or like, is there something I need to know, or is there something I need to worry about? they know that with just the tiniest bit of information, they'll be like, no, I think we got it. Mm -hmm. Then I trust them. Or they'll say, yeah, I could use some help there. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay. And I can very gently and strategically maybe plant the seed that's going to write the path and yeah. make sure that I'm not jumping in and saying, oh, there was terrible leadership. This is messed up. But just saying, hey, we recognize that we could use a little more support here. What can I do mm -hmm to provide that support. And so maybe we bring in Adriana, right? Yep. Or maybe we bring in a support staff member to just provide some information. And then there's kind of this like twinkle in their eye of like, oh, maybe that was me, you know, that I need to get a little better in this area. Um, and then if we need stronger intervention, we obviously can have that. But um, this group makes it easy for me and they are not afraid to say, hey, don't forget about this or remember you said you'd do that. Mm -hmm. And I welcome that. That's yep. huge. I, I am not perfect. I cannot remember it all. And I want to I want to protect the integrity of what we're doing. Mm -hmm. If this is important to you at Penn State, we have some... Um, some things we do on the bus, like our first bus trip. There's some history and there's some uh, tradition that goes with that. Um, I don't ever remember, ever, <laughs> ever remember. Um, and they are always on it. Like mm -hmm. my sophomores and juniors are like, nope, we already took care of it. And I'm like, oh my gosh, look at you guys. So that feels awesome. It feels like we're doing life together. And that's really special for me. Peel back the curtain just a little bit because there may be people listening to this who are just interested in coaching or gymnastics or just Penn State sports fans in general. When you say you check in with your seniors, is that you have a meeting with your leadership? Do you just pull someone aside on the bus, on the airport? Just give me a, a little bit of a peek yeah. behind the scenes. Definitely depends who we're talking about, right? So with the older girls, it's probably sitting next to them in the airport. It's probably pulling them aside before we get on the bus. Mm -hmm. Even at practice, I yeah. can kind of sense, have a little side conversation. I think with the underclassmen, when I'm talking about leadership and trying to build culture, I think early on in their career, it's important for them to step into my office mm -hmm. um, and have a conversation. And it's just like being called to the principal's yeah. office, right? It's like, oh God, am I in trouble? Um, and, and sometimes maybe you are, but sometimes you're, <laughs> most of the time you're probably not. But that will open up a line of communication for a long time exactly, then. Exactly, right? That's the thing. So we talk about modeling. So let me show you what it looks like to have a conversation that doesn't have you leave my office in tears feeling like this was the worst day ever, mm -hmm. right? No, like I just wanted to put eyes on you. I say that often. Like I just, I need to get eyes on that kid. I feel like I haven't seen her in a little bit. And what I mean by that is I've been coaching her but there hasn't been a connection. Mm -hmm. And so I need to put eyes on her. And so then I'll bring her in, whether it's by myself or with my staff and just do a check-in. Um, in the fall, we did Frappuccino Fridays. And <laughs> so on Frappuccino Fridays, I blocked out two to three hours every Friday morning, put together an Excel sheet for the girls to sign up. And if they had time to go get coffee with me on Friday morning, we met wherever they wanted to meet. Mm -hmm. That was a really cool experience for me. And I think it was good for the freshmen to see. 
that one, I can get out of my office and I can go have coffee downtown or on mm-hmm. campus. Um, but two, we can have a conversation that's really, you know, the way they say it, not that deep. Um, and we can just talk about life. And we don't always have to be breaking down your gymnastics or having a serious conversation about academics um, that I want to know about your siblings and tell me about your dog and what's your favorite color. Like just little things that help me to kind of understand who you are and where you come from. Did you end up picking a favorite coffee spot after all that? Oh, I feel like you can't pick one in town or you'll be in trouble. Um, I'm a big Starbucks fan. Everybody knows it. I think my team leads a little bit more towards Duncan. Uh, but I did locate the Panera on campus um, that I didn't even know existed. And then I got lost leaving there and the girls made fun of me because I was walking around the forum building and they had class and I could not get myself back to my car. Like I had no idea how to get back. So they saw me and then we crossed paths again and they're like, where are you going? And I'm like, I don't know where to go. Um, so they got to poke fun at me as well, which is fine. <laughs> but you don't need caffeine for the energy. No. No, that's 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 the thing. That's the thing I, I noticed. Don't. I do love my coffee in the morning, but I I think I talk this fast whether I'm <laughs> caffeinated or not. <laughs> One of the things I wanted to revisit because it is National Women in Sport Month and you talked about yourself as an example and a leader, but at Penn State they also have a lot of examples where the highest level of administrators are female. There's nine female head coaches as well at Penn State. What's it like to be a part of that network for yourself before we even get into that as a model for the young ladies on your team? Yeah, how awesome is that? I mean, I've said this before. I'm incredibly fortunate that I had a mom and a family that didn't allow those barriers to creep into my mind. Mm -hmm. Um, I arrogantly will say like, I grew up knowing I could do whatever I wanted. And that is special. I, I did not know until I was older that not everybody was raised that way. I just assumed that everyone knew that if I wanted to do it, I was allowed to do it. And I know the world is not that way. Um, so I take a lot of, um, I take a lot of pride and I'm very humbled by that. Um, by the fact that I was raised that way and very grateful for my parents being the way they were coming into Penn state and, and having Sandy and Lynn and Lauren and everybody in administrative leadership, not everybody, most people, right. Females just running the world. I mean, they just, I don't know if I'm allowed to swear, but they're so badass. Yeah. I mean, they just really are. Um, and I walk into a room and I'm not the only one, you know, I look around and I do have that community. Uh, the female head coaches, you know, we constantly are in communication with each other. I think early on those meetings and those conversations were a little more about our personal life. Um, and just of like, how are you getting by and, and what's life like for you? I think as we've continued to get to know each other, we're talking about what can we do for women in the department? What can we do for our female teams? You know, is there impact and benefit in getting the women's basketball team together with the gymnastics team so that we can hear about each other's lives and we can get to know each other's experiences? Um, So I think we're building a bigger sense of community together for our student athletes because we've been so fortunate to be surrounded by each other um, and so grateful to the administration to place priority um, in that area. What are some of the leading issues or topics that you make sure you discuss when you're in those situations? Well, like I said at the beginning, I think having a seat at the table matters, right? Mm-hmm. Representation matters. Um, and so we want to make sure that um, that our women's sports are being seen equal to our men's sports. Um, and, and I think that comes with, you know, whether or not it's a revenue sport or not. Obviously, there are differences, and we know that. Um, but making sure that we're getting that equitable support across the board. Um, and, and I think we do that. You yeah, know, I, I really I do. Agree. I think we do a great job about that. Um, if there's something that I'm interested in providing for my team, I could probably find a male counterpart that's doing it. And then you, you obviously know that the support is going to be there. For me, it's not about competing to have the most. It's about providing the best experience. Yep. And if there's something that's missing, and I can share why and what it's going to take to 
fill that gap, then I've always been met with support here at Penn State. Do you ever reflect on your seat at a place like Penn State that has had a long history of successful female athletics? Penn State is a leader in inclusion and equal opportunity. Mm -hmm. Do you feel even more fortunate to be at a place like Penn State when you talk about that? 100%. I look around the room. Um, I've, I've told this story before. I walked into my first head coaches meeting and um, at Penn State, and I had been at Eastern Michigan, which I'm very, very proud of, mm-hmm. also hired by a female athletic director at the time, which I'm so grateful for. Um, and when I was at Eastern Michigan, I met a lot of really amazing people. Um, but I knew I was the youngest in the room, and I knew I had been at a bigger school before. And um, when I came to Penn State, I – again, was the youngest person in the room. And I looked around and I'm not joking when I like pointed and I was like, Olympian, Olympian, national champion, gold medalist, like, holy cow. Like, it's just incredible the amount of talent we have on the coaching staff. And I think I was taken back. I was just like, should I be here? Like, is this really where I How am do I right fit now? in? Yeah. yeah. Are you sure? It's almost like, a pinch yourself <laughs> moment is. though, too. It is. I mean, I was 29 years old mm-hmm. when I was hired and seven and a half months pregnant. And so I'm like, thank you, Sandy, for believing in me um, and supporting me. Why do you think she believed in you at that time? Oh, you'd have to ask her. <laughs> here, I'll tell this story because mm-hmm. I feel really good about this. It didn't occur to me until I shared with her that I was pregnant again with Eli. Mm-hmm. Um, she had the opportunity then to kind of share with me what she, um, what her thoughts were. She obviously was like thrilled, right? She's yep. overjoyed. She's very happy for me. Um, but she said, um, when I first hired you and knew you were pregnant, I had reservations, right? Not mm-hmm. concern, but of course it's on your mind yeah. as an athletic director. You just hired this new head coach and, and you want to make sure that the program is in good mm-hmm. hands. And she said, based on how you handled that and that transition, I feel extremely confident that you'll handle this well. And my biggest concern with Eli was that he was going to be born the week of the Big Ten Championship and Mm -hmm. I was going to miss Big Tens. And little did I know that the world would shut down and the pandemic would happen and there would be no Big Tens. And I had four months at home with him that I will never get back, that I never had with Isaiah that was super special for me. The world kind of has a way of making things work. And, And I'm a big believer that things happen for a reason. Um, Sandy never wavered, not once. And, and in her leadership and guidance through this pandemic and through everything this university has been through, it's just unwavering. I mean, I look to her and she, whether she believes it or not, she exudes full confidence, um, in our ability as a university and as a community to come together and keep moving forward. And that motivates me. Mm -hmm. I see her in those meetings and I listen to her press conferences and I take that back to my team and staff. And I'm like, we're good. I know we are. Sandy says, we're fine. We're going to be fine. And here's what we're going to do. Once you got through those pinch yourself moments, you're sitting there and there's Erica mm-hmm. Dombach yeah. and, and there's Char Moret and mm-hmm. Russ Rose at the time yeah. and James Frank. Like, how did you, or when did you finally realize I belong? They made me feel like I belonged, right? Mm-hmm. They met me with a hug. They shot me a text message and said, hey, you're doing a great job. Or Erica's like, let's get our kids together. And, you know, we used to be neighbors. So our kids played together a mm-hmm. lot more. Now they play basketball together. You know, James knows my name, right? Yep. He gives me a hug and says hello, shoots me a text on my birthday, you know, and vice versa. That, they're the ones that made me feel like I belonged. And, and I think every single time I've come to the table since... Um, if I have something valuable to contribute, I feel comfortable contributing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think that builds that they can trust me and I can trust them and that we aren't all experts in every area, um, but that we can use each other in areas that we're doing really well and things that we've had better experience with. Um, and nobody's a closed book here. Everybody has their book open, making sure that if you need help with something, they have experience in it and they're going to loan that experience mm-hmm. to you. That keeps me from feeling isolated and kind of makes me feel like I'm a part of it. 
Well, I think we could do a deeper dive on every single one of these topics. We could probably sit here and talk for another hour or two. I love that. But this is a, I know, this would be a great spot, though, to put a bow on it for today. And we'll pick it up another time. How's that sound? We'll have you back on the podcast, Sarah. Thank you so much. I would love that. Coach, we really appreciate it. Good luck the rest of the season. Yes. And we look forward to seeing a successful end to the uh, spring campaign here. Thanks so much. We are. Penn State head coach Sarah Brown for the Penn State women's gymnastics team, our guest this week on Let's Go State, the official podcast of Penn State Athletics. If you enjoyed what you heard here today, make sure you like, rate, and subscribe to our podcast. And we will talk to you next time here on Let's Go State, the official podcast of Penn State Athletics. Let's Go State, the official podcast of Penn State Athletics.